back to another episode of Lost and Down. I'm your host, Steven. You got Wally. We got David. Before we toss it over to the boys, uh, we want to start this episode on a little bit of a somber note. I know that everyone saw um, the Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills games here where we had uh, DeMar Hamlin, a player that was not only knocked unconscious, but he ended up going into cardiac arrest. That seemed to be just a regular football hit. He gets rushed to the hospital. We have the game delayed. And of course, everybody in the NFL, outside of the NFL world, the whole entire world, eyes on this young man, 24-year-old, fresh out of Pittsburgh. And this dude is going to miraculously pull through. Today, we have updates that his eyes are open. He's not able to verbally communicate yet because of the breathing tubes he does have in his down his throat right now. But he has been writing, and that is the way he's been communicating. First question he asked, did we win the game? My man is still a football guy, not even worried about what just happened, why he woke up in a hospital bed, why is there family members around? He wants to know if his Buffalo Bills won to help with it. But guys, overall, it was a it was a scary scene. You know, there's something that we talk about, at least something I say with my girlfriend. I'm sure you guys have talked about it. I know we all three have talked about it. You always see something new every single week when you watch a sport, especially the NFL. And unfortunately, that is something that we have never seen. That's something that we're never going to get used to. And and on a year, let alone on the same field as what we saw the Tua injury here, we had this horrific injury. And the news, fortunately enough, keeps getting better as the days grow on. We're hoping that this kid's going to be able to get out of the hospital. It was horrible. The only thing before I toss it to you guys is positive note. I think the NFL finally, finally, after 17 weeks, at least this year, got the medical procedures right. I mean, this dude had his had his jersey, his shoulder pads cut off, CPR, heartbeat restored, all on the playing field within like a four-minute window. So NFL finally got this right. At the end of the day, this is a 24-year-old kid who had his NFL dream come true, come to, I wouldn't say an end, but all of a sudden turn into a nightmare. So I'll toss it to you, David and Wally. What were kind of your thoughts and all around takeaways, I guess, just from what we saw here on Monday night? Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of to reiterate what you guys were saying, I like, you know, my my prayers are with with Damar and his family regardless. Um, what happened to him is is kind of unimaginable and and, you know, truly shocking. Um, obviously I'm praying and hope he makes a he continues to make a miraculous recovery and hopefully can play the game he loves once again. But my, my initial reaction when, when that play happened, first off, as the play happened, you were never going to see that coming, but when they showed the replay of him collapsing, my mind shot straight to Christian Erickson in the euros, like two years ago, I believe it was who had a a very similar event where he had cardiac arrest on the field. Unfortunately, the Euros made a mistake of showing them, you know, using the defibrillator and giving him CPR. And you got like a shocking view of it happening. But once I saw DeMar go down, it was like, I knew immediately that that was life or death situation. And because I had seen it before and honestly, like it, it almost made it worse because I knew exactly what was going on. And I knew that like, as the minutes go by and as he's not in the ambulance being taken off the field, this is getting worse outlook, worse outlook, worse outlook. And it felt like even more of a gut punch knowing immediately he could be dead on the field, right? That was my initial reaction. 
I have some other comments, but you know, I'll, I'll save them until Wally can can give us kind of his thoughts on the situation too. First of all, how are you guys doing? Or, or I hope you guys are doing well. We'll get into all that here in a bit, a minute. But this was uh, just, I, th- I don't know who said it. Everybody's been saying, but it's so unprecedented. That's the word that you would choose is unprecedented. And you can be as prepared or think that you are as prepared as you can be in a situation like this. But when it happens and like you are not ever really prepared for it and david you're right your mind went to christian erickson i think that's a great one to go to the ones that jumped out to me were chris pronger who's a hall of fame defenseman in hockey where he got a puck to the chest and very similarly took like a step or two you could tell something was wrong and he just collapsed and also uh very thankfully he's still around with us today as well due to quick response and these leagues and these personnel staffs being prepared. You also think of DJ Hayden, similar thing, even less than 10 years ago in college. So we we talk about how stunning this is and how shocking, as your word, David, it was, to see how fast both sidelines, both medical staffs, the ambulance while on the field, Stevie, you said it, the ability and the wherewithal to right away have everything cut off, to have the defibrillator, to be able to resuscitate him there, to give him a chance. Uh, you can only be in awe of those people, the first responders. It shows how heroic they are and how important their job is, and we're so thankful for them. But then, yeah, you, you talk about the actual instance in itself, and I'm watching with my parents who – think this might be a game that the Bengals can propel them into the one seed. It's the biggest regular season game in probably decades for the Cincinnati Bengals, but Bills fans probably felt similarly. And it goes in, in 15 seconds, you saw how fast like sports became just that it doesn't matter. No one cares. And the one thing I've been so happy and overwhelmed with this week because I'm a really cynical person. So when something like this happens and you can actually see the human response, the donating to his charity here in Pittsburgh, to see Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott immediately talk and say, guys, we're not like we're not doing this. And they're looking out for each other. Like when we're watching on the broadcast, we didn't understand that they basically already said we're not playing. Like it's just a we got to go through all the logistics now. I, I like, there's nothing to say. It, it's, we are so fortunate, the three of us, that we're doing this podcast on Thursday night where good news is starting to actually come through and come through in bigger chunks. I couldn't imagine, uh, like, two days ago, like, we, we couldn't do this show. Like, it's already right now, it's impossible to really know how to jump into talking football again after this. But all I can say is like, thank God that the first responders were there and the people at the UC medical center doing such a great job. I I literally, I know I'm talking in circles, guys. I just, I don't know what to say. I really don't. I think that right there, it almost epitomizes like your thought process, just trying to speak out loud about it when it was happening. Cause you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there that made the jokes like, oh, yeah, well, there he is. It's like, 
no, that shit's going down. That man was very much dead on the field for at least, you know, one to two minutes, maybe even three. Great job on the NFL. Finally, I don't want to give them too too many, uh, too many flowers right now, but they got that right. The, the postponement of the game, the suspension of the game is going to be huge. Cause I mean, the NFL gave them five minutes to warm up. Hey, your teammate almost died. Take, you know, take four or five minutes, throw the ball around a couple of times. We'll get right back at it. And to uh, David's point, that's exactly what they did in the Euro. They didn't stop the game. They just went on and played, right? They subbed them out, called it a day. So it was really big for the NFL to do that. And not only that, but understanding, you know, what this game means, right? It means seeding for both of them. Both of those teams were fighting for the number one seed, right? And there's also the Kansas City Chiefs also have a great opportunity to get that number one seed as well. So for them to really just say, nope, we're done. We're going to figure out another way, which I, you've been seeing kind of rubblings over the last couple of days. The latest I've seen is winning percentage, which is double-edged sword. But at the end of the day, the main reason – Main thing that we're talking about here is Damar Hamlin. Kid is going to be pushing through and hoping nothing but the best for him and his family. And I hope that GoFundMe page for his, I want to say, is it kids with it like a toys toy, in, toy drive? Yeah, it was a toy drive yeah. here in McKee's Rock. Go I want to say it started at around 2500 maybe 3000 he had on there. To this last time I checked, it was at $7 million. So it keeps growing. It is awesome. And we know what that Buffalo fan base can do. And I think with it being a Monday night game, there's a lot more than just the Buffalo fan base that's donating to this and that, but at the end of the day, it's awesome. So I'm going to steer it off real quick on one last thing. I just want to touch on, because I think that it's something everyone should be thinking about now that we know DeMar Hamlin is starting to recover and that, you know, maybe we're not out of the weeds quite yet, but we're, we're much, much, much better off than we were even yesterday, let alone Monday night. So like one of the things I was thinking about as we started to get good news is, you know, it wasn't playoff implications. It wasn't, it wasn't the football game. One of my major concerns with, with him specifically is that's a, that's a sixth round draft pick. Who's in his second year in the NFL. Uh, You're talking about somebody who doesn't have guaranteed money, who has invested into the pension my major concern is how the NFL is going to move forward. Let's say he can't recover and can't play again. Uh, the NFL isn't obligated to support him going forward. And I, I, I'm really curious to see how they're going to handle that and handle that situation if this is, in fact, a career-ending incident for Hamlin. But, I mean, he's going to make something like $900,000 this year, which to everyone listening is seems like ungodly amounts of money for – probably most people and what they're making now but like this is his career so only having that amount to take you to the next path you're gonna have to find a whole new career if he can't play again um that's not a lot of money to live on but it the fact that he's not vested in the pension the fact that the nfl really doesn't isn't obligated to take care of him even if they were here's what the nfl has done for for players post retirement who are vested into the pension invested into medical the nfl moved their disability policy from 22,000 a month to 4,000 in the last collective bargaining agreement so think about that for a second these nfl players who have daily traumas for 5 10 15 consecutive years you know, you have players like Antoine Randall L who like three years after retirement said he couldn't walk up the stairs anymore. These players who are legitimately have legitimate disabilities just because they played a game 
professionally. And we cut the payouts for that, you know, by more than half. And then you start to review their disability policy and the NFL is, is functionally fucked up as we know they, they always are in decision-making with players. And basically they have a private board where even if you are disabled, the government considers you disabled. If you are a former NFL player and you apply for disability through the NFL, the NFL is a private board where they, uh, they review and they determine privately with their own experts if you're actually eligible for disability. So even if you apply, even if you're the government, the U.S. government considers you having a disability from playing the game, the NFL can just void that and say, no, we don't think so. We're not going to pay a single dime towards you, right? So I just sit here and I think like this guy who pretty much nobody, you know, I, this is going to be a little drastic, but I'd bet you 80% of football fans didn't know who this was before this injury happened. I can't imagine the NFL taking care of him if it is a career ending injury and God forbid he can't walk for periods of time. And so my head goes to the negative here with the NFL. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how this goes going forward because the NFL is just continually continuously and really in the shadows gotten a lot worse with players post-career, whether it be the pension, whether it be medical, whether it be disability, it's really kind of fucked up. I just, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this situation maybe opens their eyes to how fucked up it really is and how they need to be a little bit more supportive of the players. The NFL has proven in the last several years that they're at least aware how poorly they've screwed up in the past, but instead of going the appropriate approach and just being more or acting with more conviction, they have with Deshaun Watson basically floated out different suspensions for five different lengths to get public response. We don't get necessary movement in the league without public response. If it's not there, the NFL is going to get away with as much that they're able to get away with. This That's a great point. Speaking of the veteran pension fund, because he's going to be covered for life. And that is, that's great news for him. What I think is, could be a good thing that comes out of this from DeMar Hamlin's injury is that the practice squad player that, played for six years that has the health problems. He might have a chance now because of things like this to get that money where DeMar Hamlin, because of the Ryan, obviously it was the Ryan Shazier times a hundred, but like that major national level of an injury awareness, the NFL is not stupid enough to neglect that individual. It's the other people like you brought up. They subtracted by over half of the fund for these veterans, the monthly pensions or whatever. It looks great on paper, what they're doing for Hamlin, but we want to see it go to the next level where it's not talk. It's not just because the world is watching right now. We want to see that they actually care about their players. And I mean, you, I think you both probably saw from me on Monday, just in text. I didn't think they were going to cancel the game at first. Just And that was not a, I wanted the game to keep going. It was, this league has not done anything to build trust with the viewer to think they're going to do the right thing. 
Dude, that, so I was going to bring that up again when you were finished. As far as the actual game goes, I don't know what the fuck the NFL is doing, but it's fucking embarrassing that they don't either. As, as we brought up earlier, this isn't the first time in sports, but it's not even the first time in NFL history something horrific has happened on the football field, and they still don't have a response. Like, they should, they should have had a response after Ryan Shazier was paralyzed on the field five, what is that, five years ago, six years ago now? They should have developed a response for how to handle these situations and not finish out a game when the entire field has no desire to continue playing. Not a single ounce of them continues playing, wants to continue playing. I can't fathom how they don't have a emergency disaster recovery plan in place for freak injuries like this because it doesn't, it wouldn't kill you to put it together and you might have to play it out once every five years. How do you not have a set plan in place? And I get the playoff implications. I do. But at the same time, if you decided to not play the game and give both these teams wins, then all of those playoff implications stay the same and fall into the following week. They, It's crazy, David, because it's like they had a plan until the plan was done. And then there's not like that follow-up, like, what do we do now? They have the plan on how to save that player's life. Phenomenal. That's awesome. That's the most important thing. We get it. But then what happened? There was no, like, the, the belief is, is there's people in, in the, the ESPN booth comes down and says, five minutes to game time. We still, to this day, don't know where that came from. The NFL is denying it. The referees are denying it. The coaching staffs are saying we weren't relayed anything. So to this point, we don't even know where it came from. That's how dysfunctional it was after this happened. The entire operation ceased to really have any kind of idea. You had some people trying to warm up because they're like, God, do we have to play football again? You had some people sitting on the bench crying, praying with their teammates and coaches. The people and the fans, this is the biggest game I can remember on Monday Night Football in years. It had so much on the line for both teams. And you could tell nobody gave a shit. Nobody wanted to even be there. It should have been as simple as that ambulance is off the field. There should have been that five-minute period where people are sitting around, and then Nicole should have been coming in from anywhere, whether it's one of the owners, whether it's just Roger Goodell. It should have just been decided we're not playing football today, period. Yeah, and the NFL, I feel, is just like that Spider-Man meme where there's three of them together all pointing at each other, right? Like, no one can ever take accountability. Like, I think that your public response comment is just – and if you guys have been listening to us, you know, throughout the duration, how much have we complained about the NFL and their public response? So it's nothing new on there. They've checked that box. Unfortunately, I'm not here to stand by and say that it's awesome. But the fact that, that we needed – and I don't know how true this is. Again, Spider-Man mean – meme insert here they needed to call roger goodell to get the final okay to be like oh should we forfeit why do we have to call daddy make a fucking decision for yourself this had to do with someone's life a 24 year old's life i think not even the owners right if i'm zach taylor i'm borderline sitting there might having to bite the bull and be like fuck it we forfeit like we're not going to allow this team and if this is how it's going to go I'm, it's almost like that sportsmanship uh, commercial from way back in the day when the little kid goes to the ref and says, I was actually out of bounds. You should give them the ball back. Sometimes you got to have that. Right. And I understand 
what you're fighting for, but you also have to understand what this 24-year-old is fighting for and what that Buffalo Bills team is fighting for and their teammate. There's a lot of things that we can go through, and I don't think it's just – just not this, but this is just really is exacerbating it. But there's a lot of things that we can go through that pointed out about what the NFL did wrong. And they, there needs to be multiple plans. I mean, I think there's a plan that each of us have just said that are all different that all need to be put in place. So it's, it, I think David said it best. The NFL is really bad at being the NFL. One last thing I do think that should be mentioned on a positive note from a very, very terrible evening. I have to imagine you two had similar thoughts as I did, where we have been very critical of the X's and O's Zach Taylor on this podcast. It was one of those moments in this week following up. If you're a Bengals fan, if you're a Bills fan, you should be so proud that these head coaches are in charge of your team and these quarterbacks are in charge of that locker room. It was such a classy response from everybody involved. There wasn't a moment of that, you know, the creeping evil in your mind of this game matters. And I, I just think that everything that's happened, both organizations handled it with like sublime. Like it was just perfect how they did it. But it is a football podcast. So we are here to talk football as well. So we are going to try to go back to our normal part of the show, our happy part of the show, transition back. But our thoughts and prayers are with DeMar Hamlin. We hope that he continues to make a very speedy recovery. So, guys, we are back. It's been several weeks. Obviously not at the happiest terms, but we do have football coming up. We just celebrated Christmas. We just celebrated New Year's. How are you guys doing? I know this is a heavy way to start a show, but we all three thought it was important that we start with DeMar. But how was the holidays? Hope you guys are doing well. Holidays were fantastic, Wally. Big uh, big happy for me over the holidays. I don't know. I was in Florida leading up to Christmas. So, like, what better time to be alive than when you're enjoying 80-degree weather and uh, on vacation? just got to rub that in Wally's face but you know I had a pretty good New Year's too I hope you boys had a great holidays but it was uh it was actually so we were only off for what two two and a half weeks and it felt like it was like a month and a half I think I texted the the group chat on god I don't know Tuesday and I was like boys we have a podcast this week (laughs) like does anyone remember what we do for podcasts like I, I don't know it felt great felt the time off was fantastic so, I don't know, how 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 were your guys' holidays? Well, I like how David only rubbed it in Wally's face like I, like I wasn't getting pounded with snow and cold uh, and cold weather too. So, really just right there for you, Wally. Uh, I had my puppy had surgery here about 3 or 4 days before Christmas. She had knee surgery, one of two. So, that's going to be fun. So, Merry Christmas to me. Here's a $26 uh, bill for you. I wish it was 26, 2600. Uh, but it was good. Got to hang out. Mom and stepdad came in, got to watch a lot of football. I didn't even give a shit about New Year's. New Year's? No. It wasn't New Year's this year, David. It was Ohio Get Sports Gambling Day, finally. And boy, oh boy, did I take full advantage of that. Well, I do, I do want to toss it to David here real quick. 
what was your first bet and did it win or and if not what was it what was your most entertaining win so far first Look, legal win i should say DraftKings did like you know you Cash. sign up in ohio you get the eight free 25 dollar bets and then they also had a bonus bet where you could opt into the bangle like a Bengals bet where I did the browns too yeah you opt in well you opt in and they gave you Bengals to score one or more points. And instead of 20,000, like negative 20,000, they dropped those odds to like negative, I don't know, 100. Plus 100. Plus 100. Just, plus 100. Yeah. It was plus 100. You're right. Because then you could place up to $50 on it and you'd get 100 if they scored a point. I know what happened and it's all depressing and whatnot, but like they scored a point and I won $50 on. So like that was my favorite bet. <laughs> my whatever um but the free 25s i played it really stupid instead of going for easy wins and just winning like 26 dollars, i was playing parlays with free money <laughs> like just four you know four player parlays five game parlays yeah. like just rack up the odds because hoping that one 25 bet won me like a hundred dollars and i had one god i think it was a steelers one i put a free 25 on and it was like you know, Najee Harris anytime score Steelers winning. And then like it had two parlays and two other games and I won like 75 bucks on it. It was fantastic. Big fan of betting already addicted. Yeah. Sign me up for every week. 1-800. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> yes. We, did, we probably should start dropping that on there. Uh, I won. So I got, I got set up with bet MGM and then DraftKings. for the record. If you guys are kind of in between or haven't really downloaded or kind of on the on the fence of getting it i'm a DraftKings guy i like their layout i like the boosters that they're giving which for the record you can get those anywhere bet mgm is pumping it out but the 200 that they give you at mgm are 50 dollars bets so you got to kind of sit there and ride the seat of your pants a little bit but i got a i walked into a 550 dollars winner i was watching the liverpool brentford game and i said oh yeah liverpool is gonna win let me click liverpool winning three to one Brentford ends up winning three to one, man. I might as well burn that ticket. Little did I know that I, or I submitted the correct score of the game. doesn't matter who won. So when I popped over that bet MGM, I was like, why do I have $600 in here? Oh shit. I'm a fucking genius. And then Kylie's first win was the Mississippi state game. She had Mississippi oh, state. Minus, me and her were going ape shit. So we both had it. We we are just gonna lose by the hook, and then if you guys don't know, they just that's almost not even up. fair to call it a hook because they got the field goal first lead all game with ten seconds left. It almost didn't even feel like the hook. Well, and then you're sitting there. I'm like, cool. I'm gonna lose this bet by half by a half point, and then and then the hook and ladder didn't work. Defensive touchdown to end the game. That's that one is of those how, bets you start. That's how you get someone like addicted. Talk- Oh, no kidding. That is exactly why they do the free bets. Exactly around college games or uh, the bowl games. They know what they're doing. But the best part on top of that, too, is that when you get in those situations, you almost just want it to look prettier so you have something to bitch about. Where if Mississippi State kicks the field goal, you're down by half a point. It's the, well, they should have covered for Mike Leach. They should have covered for the Pirate. They were at Raymond James Stadium. It's like all those things happen. Welcome to hell, guys. One thing I will tell you that you guys are in charge of doing now with me as well is that about once every four to six months, I'd say DraftKings and FanDuel do bets that are similar to what you guys are saying, where the bet boost turns into 
it's usually minus 110, I think. But it'll go from like Chiefs minus 10 against a team. And for every 5,000 bets they get, you get five points. So last year, I was betting on like the Chiefs plus 77. So you get $100, and that's where we share this now. This is a three-person share operation. But David, go to hell for Florida. Steven, I'm so happy Impala's first surgery has gone well. Hope everybody's holidays went great. I got to tell you, as a weather guy, and I love the... Oh, God, here we go. Oh, no, first of all, that was great. We had a tornado outbreak here the last couple of days. It's no big deal. But what I was saying... <laughs> so, wait, hold up. That's... You pulled the DeMar Hamlin card that you didn't want to talk about it because because of the emotions, but really you're just balls deep in a barricade watching tornadoes potentially come through your front yard. Well, okay. It's not like I can sit around and just watch one thing. You have to have multiple outlooks. That's of course it's 2021 or 2023. Excuse me. Good perspective I guy. I can't focus on one thing anymore. I have to have multiple screens in front of me. But what I was saying is that we went from negative 15, negative 20 degrees to 60 a few days later naturally steven you know what that means we had people come out in droves doing the just wait 15 minutes and it'll change that bullshit but what for me i'm just enjoying it but then i gotta remember back it feels like spring doesn't it It feels like where it's like that last i was looking up golf times two times it feels like it's going to be like the first week of March. Like I'm three weeks away from having March Madness and corned beef sandwiches on St. Patrick's day. And instead it's January 5th and there's no end in sight. Yeah. So actually not what's we can rub it in David's face. Cause while he's going to be cold when it's 30 degrees, we're ready to rock shorts. Cause it was negative 20, 25 for a week. Cause that was of course the first full day I bring back my dog after surgery Eight inches, negative 20 degree wind chill. How do I have to take her to the bathroom? I have to towel crutch her because she can't use her back legs. So I'm sitting out here freezing my nips off for the love of my pup. But I tell you, I tell you what, that next, like a couple of days later, it was 30 degrees. I was like, oh shit, I'm about to pop the tank top on. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to go shirts and skins out there at that point. So we we have we have our winter threshold up a little bit higher than uh, the Florida man, Mr. Cleveland over here. Well, if we're making fun of him, it's time for you guys to turn and make fun of me. Let's get back into some NFL news. We have a couple things we're going to talk about before we get into this week's games. I feel like it is only fitting for me to put my boy out to pasture here, be the one to do it. Derek Carr, no longer the Las Vegas Raiders starting quarterback very likely never stepping foot on the field as a Raider again. I want to hear your guys' thoughts first because it's now been a couple weeks. We've had things put into perspective with everything going on in football. But I'm not going to lie. It hurt, and I'm still not 100% over it. Yeah, and I don't, I don't really expect you to be because you've been going through it ever since you've been a Raiders fan, but the last calendar like year 16 18 months how do you take a do you i think the only reason that you're still here is because you guys traded for Devonte adams last year i can't imagine the position you'd be in right now if that never happened and this is just another 
another notch on the on the belt of being banged by the Raiders and not in the fun way. But it's it's mind-boggling to me. You're getting him at a really good price. You have him locked up. And this is all he's done since he's entered the league in 2014. Fourth in passing yards. Tom Brady, Matt Ryan is on this list. And Kirk Cousins are the only three quarterbacks that have more yard passing yards than him over that stretch. He's seventh in touchdowns at 217. So there's a good list above him. Top 10. Okay. All the people, all those that are kind of arguing that he's not, there he is. Okay. Third in interceptions at 99. Okay. Top seven touchdowns. Okay. A little Brett Favre-esque, right? I kind of give the nod to Derek being a little bit better. Uh, career completion percentage at 64.6, which is top 18 in NFL history. I'm talking about past, present. He's top 18 right there, just right under Russell Wilson, which pick whatever side you want to be on that argument. Dude never had a top 15 defense. I might be, that might be top a stretch. 20. Maybe like a top. No, no, no. I, uh, well, I'd have to look at it. I'm going it's, based he's on never had yards a top, and everything. Okay. Well, if you're going by yards, it's one thing. He's never had a top yeah. 20 scoring defense. Scoring defense. Yeah. And even then, if you give him, a, if you go through the yardage, like I was, I don't think I saw him. That's being nice. I want to say top 17. Maybe. Yeah. It's, it's been rough. Wally, I'll let you go off, but my only comments on this are simply that Josh McDaniels is not an NFL head coach and the Raiders fucked themselves because of it. And Derek Carr's a top 10 QB in the NFL. He is. I'll fight anyone who doesn't agree. He's top 10 in the NFL might even, you could, you could make an argument for top six, I'll I'll give you the argument, but the Raiders have scapegoated him like he's fucking Johnny Manziel, and I, I, it's a fucking travesty. Like so much so, I hope he goes to the Lions or Jets and he gets his flowers. I just like it's we're at that point where I'm just you know I'm almost rooting against the Raiders, like I would by the way, like I would the Browns in this exact situation because you get what you fucking asked for, which is failure when you're going to be an idiot about a situation. My blood's been boiling for two weeks and Sunday didn't make it any better for like a bunch of reasons. One, let's start with the fact that, and I'm rooting for Jarrett Stidham. Like I'm not like moron Raider fans that wanted Derek Carr to fail and would rather the team do so at the team's failure. I'm not like that. I want to see Jarrett Stidham. I want to see the Raiders quarterback succeed. He did it on Sunday. He played outstanding as well as I ever could have hoped for in a first start. And the defense blew it again. It was such a microcosm of the Derek Carr tenure in Las Vegas and Oakland. And the narrative was Derek Carr was the problem again. Ignoring the fact that they just gave up 30 some odd points. It's just so frustrating that I don't and, and it felt like the narrative has changed on Derek Carr three times in like the last three months. What people are failing to acknowledge is that they are running a uncharacteristic amount of play action. They keep wanting to run these routes to put Jared Stidham in a position to succeed. And that's great. And I hope it works. Derek Carr's trade value is going to go down because Jarrett Stidham is playing well the last two weeks. And I think it's awesome because it's this just a perfect 
way the Raiders can screw themselves in this is now they're going to look really good. They'll beat the Chiefs this week for no reason at all that it'll ruin them for two more years down the road. I, I My brain is so fried from talking and thinking of Carr the last two weeks. I, I just will say this. I hope he ends up, to your point, David, I want it to be New York. Let him go to the Jets. Let him go with Salah with those wide receivers, what will be a good offensive line in an elite defense, because that's a team that can come out of the AFC. That's a, what's going to be one of my questions is, I know we've kind of been throwing some team names and and just some general landing spots that we think Derek Carr is going to land, but now kind of mulling it over the next couple of days. Seems like the Jets are your number one list. Is there any other team that you'd want to see him go to? Oh, God. I guess want to go to? If they can find a way. I guess, how about, let me start with this. If Mike McDaniel is still head coach in Miami, I would love Derek Carr to find a way to be a trade partner with for like a Tua Derek exchange. Not as a Raiders fan, I'd hate that. But as a Derek Carr fan with Mike McDaniel with those wide receivers, it would be amazing. It won't happen, but you ask what I would want. Mike McDaniel, who apparently is coaching for his life, I would love that marriage to happen. We're going to get to that later, but that's fucked up in so many ways. So true. Daniel situation. <laughs> no, let's get to it now. Cause we're all going to talk about, we're all going to talk about gambling after this. If you I'm guys haven't it. picked up on what the boys are saying, apparently Mike McDaniels is coaching for his, for his job this year, this year. Well, yeah, for this year, this week, if they do not end up making the playoffs, which sounds ludicrous, which is great. Cause that's not the, that's not going to be the last time I say that word today. I already got it loaded up on the uh, rundown. So I'm pretty pumped about that. The fact that this guy was almost giving the keys to coach of the year here about six weeks ago because of the run that he had once Tua got back from that horrific injury. Then all of a sudden it's going straight downhill. And also the Miami Dolphins are how many times have we watch them win five games in a row and watch them lose five games in a row. This was like three seasons in a row. They've done that, but Ryan Flores, Mike McDaniels, two of your best coaching, best head coaches you've had since Jimmy Johnson. I want to say there's one more, I think, that I'm missing out in, like, the early, like, the 2000, like, 2004. Oh, That's it. Nick Saban. The Nick Saban fins. Yeah. So, it's it doesn't make sense to me that you need to get your billionaire, geriatric, creepy owner on the same page. Get him out of there. Because he's obviously yeah, not I, doing any good. I, I don't even understand it. Mike McDaniel – I think 28 of 32 teams would fire their head coach today if they could get Mike McDaniel. And I'm not saying Mike McDaniel maybe deserves that kind of praise quite yet, but Mike McDaniel is phenomenal for your locker room. That's been proven over like all season long. It's been proven. And he's a phenomenal offensive mind, which again, all season long has been proven because I guarantee you there are only a handful of head coaches that can make Tua look as good as he's played when healthy this season. And I know that's a shocker, but I'm still not fully on board with the Tua train. Anyways, I just like, I, I would fire Stefanski tomorrow if Mike McDaniel was going to be my head coach and offensive play caller. And I fucking love Kevin Stefanski for the Browns. Even if the rest of the fan base thinks he's ass, he's not, by the way. I, I don't understand. The Dolphins are, again, you, you get what you ask for, which is failure when you do stupid shit like fire Mike McDaniel because you know you miss the playoffs because 
your quarterback has had 7,000 concussions in three games this season. No, you know what stupid is, is as soon as I decided that I was going to punt and let Steven have credit for this Miami Dolphins team, they spiral and lose five straight games. Because, David, you and I, it's funny because I do think now at the end of the season we're, we're able to see Steven was right. We were right in the fact that Steven's side, this is a Super Bowl-winning team, except for the quarterback. Our concern going into the season was the quarterback. And I think we're getting like that bridge where we're seeing it right now. They're getting good coaching. They're getting good offense play everywhere. Even bringing in guys like Bradley Chubb at the time was, it was a home run because this is a playoff team. That's the bigger problem is that now all of a sudden, if you miss the playoffs, you burn more draft capital, which by the way, speaking of Steven Ross, thanks a lot for the first round pick loss last year, Bozo. It's just a frustrating development in in Miami. It's a team now that if they get rid of Mike McDaniel, you're talking about a Denver Broncos level of Sahara Desert they're about to wander into because no quarterback or no quarterback, first of all, I guess that's true too, but no head coach would want to step foot in that facility given what's happened in the last 12 to 18 months. And God, I mean, to a... Whether it's health-related or not, I just don't see it being a a long-term solution in Miami. Yeah, totally agree. And, yeah, we we all three were right because the one thing – the one thing I didn't have my full my, my full foot in was Tua, and that's kind of like how you guys were. You're like, yeah, well, Tua is going to hold you hold you guys back, and we kind of merged and became the perfect prediction between us three. So I loved it. But yeah, it's this answers that question. I know I was the kind of the guy as like, I was the lead dog saying you can't tell me this offense doesn't look better with, you know, when Tua is in there, right? They they obviously look great. They could look a whole lot better. Imagine Kyler in there, right? And I'm not like all woohoo about Kyler, but Kyler's, I think, going to be a couple steps up over Tua. You have the same size. I, I would give Kyler the arm a little bit better and and his feet. But imagine him in that offense. And we've also been bouncing around where we want to see Derek Harlan. But if Mike McDaniels ends up getting fired, where would he want to go? Put him and Derek Carr together. Get him together. Let's just go. They can be happy ever after. Go off into the sunset. Tyreek Hill and Derek Carr together would hurt me in so many weird ways. It's hard for me to even articulate. Carr going from from needing a fucking deep threat forever outside of one year of Nelson Aguilar and, you know, half a year of Henry Ruggs to having two of the best deep threats that we've ever seen would be just fucking icing. It would just be icing. And Jalen Waddle's there too. It's like, it'd be a match made in perfect heaven and no one deserves it more than Derek Carr. Wherever he goes, I just hope that he, it does well by him. And because of the no trade clause, I think that that will happen. We started the show, obviously talking about DeMar Hamlin and his Injury on Monday night. I don't even feel like injury is the right word for it, but you guys know what I'm saying. Because of that, they canceled the game on Monday night. They postponed it. It does not sound like they are going to try to replay that game or resume that game, which, as you can imagine, throws a wrench into the playoffs. 
Now, as we record this on Thursday night, we don't know yet. There have been reports all day varying whether it be from no contest to a possible eight team or an eighth team being introduced to the AFC playoff race. There has been neutral site talk. I want to just throw it to you guys because we don't know. Is there something to you that you feel is a a good solution? Because, of course, the most important thing is DeMar Hamlin. But once you get back to the football side of things, there are things that are left unanswered after Monday night. So, like I said, I we've all been hearing rumblings. The latest thing I saw was they're going to do they're going to do win percentage, which if you have three teams with the same record, they're going to have the same win percentage. So that, that, that just doesn't matter. Right. And then wouldn't the teams that played one less games and the bills and the Bengals have a better percentage because they didn't play, they could have 12 wins, but if Kansas city has 13 out of 18 versus 12 out of 17, one of the 12 out of 17, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a math scientist, so I'm not really sure. Yeah. Thanks man. Uh, But Sorry, uh, sports gambling. There was a game on. Had nothing to do with it. Why not? Uh, between, it's it's going to come down to the Bills, Bengals. I think you have to look at everything, but I think the most important thing that needs to go into it is maybe a po- uh, record versus similar opponents. So I know that they're going to have a. I feel like they're going to have a bulk of similar opponents in there, which could bleed into because didn't the AFC, didn't the AFC North play the AFC East this year? Yes, but the. Bengals, obviously, in the Bills, that's the only shady part is you lose a head-to-head. Exactly. Well, you don't need a head-to-head. It's against like opponents. So that's going to also integrate your divisional games, too, because you guys all played within within each other's divisions. But And I think that's – and you you also played a bulk of all the teams that are in the AFC playoff race. If, if Shout if out Impala. Correctly. Yeah, you can hear her three legs clamping around there. Why – okay, what happens if you give them both wins? We're in the Last same week. spot we are now, I guess. The right, the, the whole part of that game that this is where last but, Monday night is a big deal, though it affects whether it's a win, loss, or tie. All three do have impacts on how the number right, one. But team if the Bengals, if the Bengals won, the Chiefs would be the one seed. The Bengals would be the two seed. The Bills would be the three. If the Bills won, the Bills would be the one. The Chiefs would be the two. The Bengals would be the three. Right. I get how that hurts the Chiefs, but I also don't – here's what I understand. There's still a game left. That that affects the playoff picture, but it doesn't lock it in, does it? Because the Chiefs sure. the Chiefs and the Bills would have the same record. And, but the Bills won the head-to-head. Right, but you'd still have one game left where if the Bills lose – but the Bills are going to – or the Chiefs are going to argue we just had to go to Cincinnati and we lost the first seed because we lost to the Bengals, whereas the Bills got away with it. I get it. But what I'm saying, if you gave them both wins, you're still coming down to this week to decide whether it's Bills or Chiefs. But that's where the tricky part is too because if the Bengals had beaten the Bills, the Bengals are in play for the one seed. That's why all three teams feel like they – but you're you're pushing. You're just making week. God, what is this week eighteen? Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. You're making it the most important week, so that basically nobody except for your Philadelphia Eagles and 
basically nobody except for the Eagles can rest players. You're literally adding a more exciting week of football by giving both those teams wins, and yeah, it has a. You I also think, uh, guarantee the, the most... AFC North is over them too, whereas it's up in the air had they lost. Oh fuck, the Ravens aren't fucking doing anything. But Just... that's what you have no, to yeah, consider. Look, Lamar Jackson's he quit on the he he's he's out and he's staying out until the playoffs. They're not winning this week. I'll, you can hammer that home. I just don't. You're you're yeah. You're you're affecting the playoff picture less by giving them both wins than doing any other scenario. Well, and that's no matter what happens, someone loses. There's not. There's literally right. not a scenario that someone loses. What sucks. Because one of the ideas was that eighth team being involved because then I think that you remove a little bit of the reward of being the one seed that sucks, but it also, I feel like doesn't penalize any of the three. They're all guaranteed a home game. Even the three seed has a realistic shot to get a second home game because you would need both the one and two, both the win for you not to. It's very confusing right now. I understand why people are waiting a while. What sucks is that because of just this decision, and again, we understand that the most important thing is DeMar. No one is arguing that whatsoever. This is the only part that sucks is you have Cincinnati then who just lost out on Monday night football, and now they're going to lose out on all that money of another home game potentially two home games, all of that revenue that goes into the city because of it, the owners, there's just, there's so many things logistically you have to do that I think the only thing that'll happen is no contest and winning percentage for better or worse. It's a tricky scenario. I feel like there's not, there's, there's not a good way to go with this. It's a, it's a lose lose, but I just think that you have to do it in a way that affects the least amount of, so, like it affects everyone the least amount, which for me would be to give them both wins, come into week 18, and sure, now nobody gets to rest the players like they wanted to had an outcome happened in that game. But like now it's all three teams have to win the have to win. All it still has playoff implications. If all three teams were given the win, the Bills would clinch the one, would they not? If all three, if the Bills were given a win and the Bengals were given a win uh, for last. Oh, I guess no, they'd just be at 13. They'd have to beat New England, you're right. They have to beat New England. Or the Chiefs would lose. Right. Which, no offense, but I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose to the Raiders this week. You don't believe in Jarrett Stidham? No. Do you believe Uh, in Jarrett Stidham? You mean Jarrett Stidham? Right. But it pushes the same outcomes into week 18 and it. You know, it has the minimal amount of effects on those three teams because it doesn't even, those three teams are locked one through three. Doesn't even matter. Locked one through three. And then the only other, you know, scenario that even has an effect is what Jacksonville and Tennessee are going to do with each other this weekend. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and I don't like this other suggestion that's out there, but to, to paint the picture for people at home, in the eight teams I'm talking about, the way that would look is that you would add probably Pittsburgh or the New York Jets into the eighth spot. It'd be gross, but that's your reward the for being. Dolphins. Well, the Dolphins, I assume, is going to get the seven because I just figure, oh, they would have to beat the Jets. How's that work? Oh, so the Dolphins would win and then the Steelers, I guess. 
the Dolphins have to win. Because yeah, this well, the Jets are eliminated already. But I figured how do the, the Titans game, Jaguars? How do the Titans Jaguars like? Is the loser still in contention for that spot? In this if, is uh, where it's fun. One of the losers is if the Jaguars lost. In theory, if the Steelers lost, if the Patriots lost to the Bills, and if the Dolphins lost to the Jets, the Jaguars would still get in. If the Titans lose, they're dead. There's like a, a lot of weird scenarios, but more or less, you'd have one verse eight, two verse seven, three, six, four, five, and it'd be like a normal three week quarterfinal that way. Instead, they would work in, I think they said the bye in the lead up to the conference championship game, but it's not going to happen. That would be very hard to do. You'd have an NFC team on two weeks rest versus a one week rest AFC team, but it's just something to think about. Cause there's, this is so unprecedented. They're looking for every kind of scenario out there. Steven, I'm good to go. You can throw us into the week 18 preview. If you'd like. Before we get it over, toss over to Wally. See how, how our year has been looking, how we were last week. And what we're going to be doing here to you this week. We want you to know this NFL Week 18 picks are brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially if you're our age where it feels like there's weddings, baby pictures, high school, college graduations. doesn't matter. Every damn weekend it feels like they're happening. Abby Turner Creative is the only place to go. Check her out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y. Or on our Instagram at Solidad and Sapphire. Again, abbyturnerphoto.com. We also want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by tabbies.com, the premier of the eight edible on the market. T A B E A S E.com. Make sure you use promo code football for 20% off that order as well as free shipping. Wally, that was cash. You got to give it to me on that. Well, how, how are the picks? How do we do this year? You got to just take it away, brother. You sound like an auctioneer there. So well done. Steven, you and David are. Going into the new year on a high note, like everything I do right now and all my teammates do, and all, or I guess teammates, I guess you would be failing too. Anything affiliated with the all my teams, I failed. So, Steven, you were up about six units uh, going into the new year, which it puts you on the positive note this year. Finally, we have someone on the positive note. David, you were also up about two units last time. And I was down about two units. Go figure. That's the way it goes. We don't. We didn't have our. This could have been done in the email segment, as you can tell. So that's where we're going to knock out all the games that don't really have playoff implications. We don't really care. We're not going to watch them. First one on the slate here. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Atlanta, where the Falcons are four and a half point favorites. I'm really confused here. I don't know. We were told Todd Bull said that the starters were going to. The starters were going to play. How much were they going to play? Doesn't matter. I, don't, I really don't trust Desmond Ritter, man. Give me Tampa Bay plus four and a half. Ritter's improving. It's not by a lot, but this division deserves a sub 500 rent winner. And for that reason, the Falcons are going to win. Take the money line. Is Tom Brady playing, even though they've locked up a playoff spot? Allegedly. I, I could see them playing maybe the first half and then just calling it quits. Is there any benefit to Tom Brady even showing up to play? No, he no, should the, be on vacation. He should be on freaking what what hitch or hinge right now. Hitch. <laughs> so here's what I'll say. If Tom Brady is playing, 
I'm taking Tampa Bay plus four and a half. If he's not, Atlanta money line. That's it. I I I just think if he plays and if everyone's playing, which might be the dumbest coaching move in history. Not Todd if, Bowles. If everyone's playing, I don't know how the Bucs lose to Atlanta given how they've played recently, but they can always prove me wrong. Carolina going to New Orleans, three and a half point home favorites there, totals 41 and a half. I have the Panthers money line. The locker room this week has been overwhelmingly supportive of Steve Wilkes. Gives you a lot of flashbacks to the Raiders last year with Rich Bisakia. We'll see if they make a different choice. I think that he needs to get a win here to get it done. And I believe they get it done because of that. Because the Rams, the Rams, the Saints, do they give a shit if Dennis Allen is gone? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Give me Carolina plus three and a half. Give me their money line. They're going to finish the season out on a high note and really having an op- having an opportunity to win the South last week was something that these players, that whole organization did think was possible once they fired Matt Rule. Steve Wilkes did a phenomenal job coming into uh, a dumpster fire is a nice way to put it uh, of what he walked into, but I don't know what the next uh, n- nuclear warfare, maybe uh, he, I think he's done enough to get the head coaching position to Wally's point. I also thought Rick Masaki did enough last year, but what the hell do I know? Give me Carolina money line at plus three and a half. I fucking hate this game. Just give me Carolina money line. I, I they've been playing well. I, they've like you guys said, they're rallying behind Wilkes. I just, I hate this game so much. So Carolina money line, take me to Houston at in at Indianapolis. Indianapolis two and a half point favorites. Total set at thirty eight, which feels really odd. Again, just give me Houston money line. I I hate all like ninety percent of these games this week. I hate everything about them. So just give me Houston money line. It's gonna be Lovey Smith's last head coaching game in the NFL. I think his players are smart enough to know that. For that reason, love the Texans' money line. I'm going to double down. Give me Houston plus two and a half in their money line. You know, (laughs) ever since the Philadelphia game on that Thursday night, uh, they're back in the first week of November. I've been saying, Houston, you got to arrive at their money line. They're eventually going to win. Yeah, I know they beat Tennessee, but I want another one. I'm greedy. Give me Houston plus two and a half in their money line. you know, what is their, what is that money line even set at right now? We have, at least when Wally had thrown this on there, where are they? Plus 130. Okay. I like that. That might, that might, that might go the other way. You might get it at plus 115, plus 120 by the time this game hit kicks off on Sunday, but or Sunday or Saturday. Uh, we've spent way too much time even talking about that, that whole state. Um, next game that we have here on the slate, we got the Minnesota Vikings, our seven and a half point favorites headed to Chicago. But the total set at 43. Give me <laughs> the Vikes defense is so bad, but they're not Nathan Peter making throw footballs on us bad. Great, great nominee for prop of a week. Nathan Peterman, anytime interception. Give me Minnesota minus seven and a half. It's gonna be like Fucking minus six hundred. I was gonna say anytime interception for Peterman in this game on that offense. You probably aren't getting a good enough return. That's your only issue with that bet. That's where you should have loaded up the free bets, David. I want to. I literally wanted to go look and see if Nathan Peterman anytime interception was even a real prop bet I could place because that's great advice. 
all there it's, is. Oh my god, it. it'll be like minus four fifty, but it, it's worth it. I mean, it's even if you put a dollar on it, at least you know you get you know a couple, you get some change back. Like it's yeah. a lot of win. Who cares? It's free money. That's the way you and I thought about the Chiefs and uh, Texans a couple weeks ago, David. And you and I won a dollar and five cents on a bet on that when it went to overtime. So just you know, keep that in mind because you and I are morons. But I'm going with the Vikings minus seven and a half in the money line as well, Steven. I changed. I'm throwing on to minus seven and a half. And it's because Nathan Peterman is just what the doctor ordered for Minnesota right before the wild card weekend. Give him a little hope and believe their passing defense is atrocious. You get Nathan Peterman with this offense, these weapons, they're not going to throw the ball. At least gives you a little bit of hope, a little bit of optimism going into the postseason. Who's the starting quarterbacks in this game? I don't see any either either one of them spreading the ball, like or spreading the point spread, eight points for Minnesota's favor. Turnovers. That's where I'm at. But for both, who is the Vikings backup? Or are they starting Kirk Cousins to try and get higher up? They well, still have the opportunity to host uh, or still get the two seed at least, so at least host potentially two playoff games. So I'm trying to think that would have to happen with the Cowboys losing and the 49ers losing, I imagine. I'm pretty sure they're both, what, probably nine or ten-point well, favorites or more? Cowboys don't matter because the Eagles have the division wrapped up. So Cowboys will be the Oh, good point. Seed. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Great point, though. So it's really all about San Fran. As long as San Fran can lock their win against Arizona this week, which we'll get to, and I think that's not going to be a problem. It's going to be a long shot. Minnesota pissed down their leg when they had the opportunity to lock up the two seed. Oh, Dallas still isn't played for the one, too, if Philadelphia loses. But I'm an idiot. It doesn't matter anyways. I got there. Long way around, but I got there. All right. Again, if Kirk Cousins is playing, sure, hit me with the seven and a half point spread as well. But like, if he's not playing, just Minnesota money line for me. Like, Who is I, their backup? Does anybody know off the top of their head? I'm trying to figure it out. I literally, I'm like I eight know years it, behind. I like want to say Sean Mannion, but I know that's just not right. Well, and, and I wanted to say David Blau, but I'm pretty sure he's starting for Arizona this week. Yep, <laughs> that's shocking in its own right. Hey, we don't it's disrespect Nick the third. It's Nick Mullins. Of course, I forgot we traded him for a seventh in the offseason. Well, oh, dude, they're gonna win by Garrett 30. Yeah. Is a god. All right, I'm in seven and a half point favorite Minnesota and money line. We Lock ride, it boys. Lock it in. The Los Angeles Chargers are heading up to Mile High Stadium, Denver plus three. Uh, the Chargers clinched the playoffs, they don't really have too much that they can play for seating wise. I think that they're pretty much locked up here, if my memory does serve correctly. That's a 10 and 6 team. Worst positioning that they'll get is they'll go to the six and have to play the Bengals, or they'll go to the five and have to play the Bengals, or the winner of the division. If Jacksonville wins, they'll get they'll get Jacksonville. If not, I don't care. I'm not here to kind of speculate on all this shit. We'll f- we'll figure that out. I think Denver's going to get it. This is a game that the Chargers typically lose. They've been steering me wrong, or they've been proving me wrong here this year. But it's one last shot to kind of prove me right here again. Give me Denver plus three. They need a they need to end on a mile high note. Just a little shrivel of hope going into next season. I know you like that, Wally. Fuck you. I give me Chargers two and a half point favorites in money line. I. That'll mean they'll lose, so you'll win this bet, Stephen. But just uh, I'm riding the Chargers. God, I like dad jokes, and that one even like was too far, dad, for me. But 
I'm going with the Chargers with you, David. This has been such a nightmare season for Denver that I just feel like it wouldn't be right for them to end on a good note. I, I don't think it's like the football gods will not allow that. So because of that, I, I'm going to take the Chargers to cover the two and a half, which sends us into our last game, which cheating a little, I guess it technically could matter because the 49ers with a win and a Philadelphia Eagles loss could take the number one seed. That's not going to happen though. Cause the 49ers are 14 point favorites total set of 40 and a half. Niners are going to bully Cliff Kingsbury. We talk about Lovey Smith possibly being in his last head coaching game in the NFL. What about Cliff? I know he's young, but it seems like he's a ticking time bomb to go back to college. And with all eyes on the 49ers getting a win here, the Eagles going to definitely have to get it done because this team is coming to town. Who you guys got? This is one of those spreads that if you hadn't just told me Kyler is not playing, which I kind of already knew deep down, but also like 14 points is a lot. And I feel like every time we've had a spread this large this season, the team has never covered. So I think I'm just going to take San Francisco money line because I'm not even confident. I want to say plus 14 for Arizona, but I know San Francisco is going to win. Okay. Give me San Fran minus 14. I have, I have no hope in, in uh, Arizona. They're on to their third string quarterback who trace McSwarley. I don't even know if he's going to be starting this week. I don't know. It maybe Colt McCoy's getting the nod. I is think this is the, the David Blau game. I think this is him. Oh yeah. You're right. David Blau. We learned we're literally just see that's you have your third and fourth string quarterbacks. Deandre Hopkins isn't playing anymore. James Connor, just the, just the go all pro DNP at practice here today. We'll see if he's going to be a go. I just, San Fran at least can be a little bit, a little bit competitive here. And they still have a little bit of, to fight for in the seeding just to make sure they lock up the two seed just so they can fucking beat the shit out of Green Bay when they win on Sunday night uh, to, for the first game of the playoffs, like a yearly fucking tradition. Uh, another conversation for another time. Uh, but yeah, give me, give me San Fran minus 14, man. Buddy, I just looked up the starting lineup for the Cardinals offense and I sent it to you guys and I need you to tell me that that's not a college level offense. What site do you use for the people at home? You get to kind of take a look behind the mirror. I use our lads. What do you use? I literally, I'm on PFF's website. Oh, that, see, I go figure. Yeah. That looks so little... giving you not just the grades don't mean. God, well. they are shitting on Trey McBride. Oh my God. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm like, Wait, that doesn't make any there. sense. I, James Connors, the 39th ranked running back that that can't be right. I think oh, it should be no. 3.9, right? That, yeah, that's probably what it is. 3.9 fits. fits uh, see, really this well. is this is why you can't believe in PFF. They got James Conner at 39. Come on. <laughs> well, I just like I, everything about that offense, other than two players, screams go back. Like, well, David Blau is what you, you build the franchise play. around. So chill out with that noise. <laughs> well, franchise. I'm gonna build if, my Madden franchise around this dude. <laughs> I did that once with uh oh my god I want to say JT Barrett just to, because I was winning with a league with my buddy and I beat him so many times I decided I was going to do it with a nobody and I literally started running the Urban Meyer run JT Barrett into the back alignment in Madden mode over and over again it was a great year a lot of fun didn't win a lot of games 
Um, with that being said, let's go into the games that actually got some significance, whether that be playoff implications. I guess that'd be all it would be. But we have to start with, on Saturday, 4.30, the Las Vegas Raiders are hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Nine and a half point home dogs with Jared Stidham, the man, the myth, the legend, leading the Raiders. There's a total of 51 and a half. This is simple, guys. I'm not going to waste time because why would I? Whatever can hurt me most will happen in this game. I'm torn on whether that is the Raiders actually winning or because here's the thing. They're going to win this game. Then I got to go to the Kansas City draft this year and be miserable because we're drafting like 16th inexplicably. So I'm taking Las Vegas plus nine and a half. I'm going to take the Kansas City money line though. And I'm going to take the over at 51 and a half. It's going to be high scoring. The Chiefs defense sucks and Stidham's going to look great because that's the only way that can send dysfunction into the offseason for the Raiders, which has never looked so promising. I've never been so excited for the last game of the season. What do you have? Wally, I'm copying your bets directly. I'm copying everything. It's Las Vegas plus nine and a half, KC money line, over 51 and a half. Sign me up for a shootout where Raiders fans just get torn to shreds. Welcome, brother. Give me Kansas City minus nine and a half. We don't know. We don't know how this is going to pan out. Now that they have tape on Stidham, I mean, I don't even know if that could stop this man. I mean, he is a man possessed. He looks like he looks like the quarterback version of James Conner. Uh, but Kansas City still playing for that number one seed. I think that they're going to be competitive, and we know that not only do they own the Raiders, they own this whole division. I think Pat Mahomes is going to light them up and really put the icing on the cake to help me lose the Jalen Hurts MVP bet that I put three weeks ago when he got hurt. Uh, Kansas City minus nine and a half. Also on Saturday, we have the battle for the AFC South between the Tennessee Titans and Duval, where Jacksonville's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Josh Dobbs is set to start this game. The total set at 39-and-a-half. Give me Jacksonville money line. Talk about some – I'm not even going to play the six-and-a-half. Yep, keep walking your happy ass past me, Impala. I'm not even going to play the six-and-a-half. I don't trust them, and I'm just going to ride with the minus 260 and what the money line is now. It's probably going to go a little bit north of 300 by the time this game kicks off. Would you sit down, woman? Uh, but yeah, overall, give me Jacksonville uh, Give me Jacksonville money line. I'm loving the happy feed over there. I got Tennessee plus six and Jacksonville money line, and I have to do it this way because I've put a lot of money on – these Chiefs Raiders and Tennessee Jacksonville games. And now that I say that out loud, it seems like a really bad decision, but I feel like Derrick Henry is going to run all over Jacksonville, but the surgeons of Trevor Lawrence won't like, you know, the, the run out of the clock by Tennessee won't be enough to, to stop Jacksonville from winning. I just think it's closer than, than seven points. And so for that reason alone, Jacksonville wins, Tennessee loses, but Derrick Henry is going to have 100-plus yards and a touchdown, or else I'm going to lose some money. In July or August, when we invited David on, he was so, well, I don't really do the gambling thing. You know, you guys can do your picks. No, no, you'll like it. You'll, You'll get into it. We are, what, five days into the new year? And David has sent in group text his referral code for DraftKings. I'm bubbling at the mouth. 
He's literally foaming. We have to just like keep this guy. We got to keep. Him <laughs> yeah, I, I'm worried for you. So this is. And this- I actually, in fairness, I've won so much money already that I've pulled out my initial investment, and I still have seventy dollars to play with. So I'm it's literally just playing on on house money right now. That's what we all said because it happens. There is a literal gambling luck. Beginning gamblers' luck is like a, a real thing for sports bettors. We believe it where it's like the gods, the sports gods have to win you in enough so that you hurt yourself repeatedly down the road. So welcome to the club. I'm excited I'm, to be here. You know, good, good. Because you and I are very similar again, because I have the Jaguars money line. I'm convinced nothing can hurt me here. The Titans physically can't win. Right. I, but <laughs> I'm going to take the under 39 and a half too. It's just, the Titans are in free fall. They suck, period. They have no passing game. Derrick Henry is finally looking a little slow, maybe a, a step slow. And that means to me that this game is all the more important for Trevor Lawrence and Duval. You have to win. It. It's I don't know. I want to almost ask you, David, a few years ago, and I know how it played out. So this isn't uh, intentionally, you know, rubbing dirt in wounds. But when you played the Steelers two years ago, when the COVID year and Baker Mayfield like was playing pretty well, the team was playing well, did it not kind of almost feel, if not now, when to beating the Steelers? Because I feel like that's got to be almost now how Jaguars fans are looking at this Titans matchup. Absolutely. You're dead on the money. That's exactly how it felt. Like, if you can't beat it with a legit team, like, when when is it ever going to happen? And this feels like a very good 8-8 and team. Like, the difference of the Titans and the Jaguars, if they ended up with the same record, is staggering. The Jaguars are a good team with a fraudulent record. It It doesn't reflect them. We were the guys early in the season that were like, this Jaguars team is legit. This is a threat in the AFC. And it was just like because of that four or five week stretch, I think people are sleeping on them. If they get in at nine and eight, they're a legitimate threat to beat almost anybody. They're not going to go to the Super Bowl, but they can sneak up and beat any one of those teams on any day. Let's go into Sunday. This is going to have... Another one, I wish that the Jets almost won last week. And then again, no, because Gino's alive. But if the Jets in Miami had a matchup where it actually mattered for playoffs, it's crazy. Matters to the Dolphins. But they're two-point road, or excuse me, they're two-point home dogs to a Jets team that might not have Mike White, that might be starting Zach Wilson, but it, it, does anybody know? Has it been announced with Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco, Mike White? Who? It ain't Zach Wilson. I'm. Per, I'm. It's. It's going to be Mike White. I think they. I think they cleared. Is he him cleared? And they made him okay. Yeah, they cleared okay. him. And, yeah, it's going to be Mike White. Well, as soon as I saw Robert Sloss have the comment that Zach Wilson needs time away from football, that's usually a pretty bad indicator. No, he needs time away from the NFL for the rest of his life. I was just going to say, time away from football, man. He's got his whole life ahead of him after this season. <laughs> yeah, but he's a good-looking kid, charismatic from what it sounds like. He's going to have a great career in business out in Utah. Look, Miami plus two in Moneyline. Dolphins are winning this game outright. 
with Skylar Thompson. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I mean, this is a game. Think about how many quarterbacks both these teams have played this year. We'd be on like six and seven if they could have gone that far. Look, Mike McDaniel's coaching is for his fucking career at this point. I, I still don't understand, but like, couldn't you say the same with Robert Salah though? There's noise around him even. No, because first of all, there shouldn't be for either, but I trust the Jets to give Salah one more year. I do not trust the Dolphins right now at all to do anything correctly. So, I mean, I don't know. Mike, I'm just, I'm betting on Mike McDaniel. That's it. Has nothing to do with anything else. Miami plus two and money line. Give me the New York Jets money line. I, Skylar Thompson, I don't even know if he's named the starter. Him, Teddy Bridgewater, doesn't matter. Teddy Bridgewater gets a hangnail. He's out of there the next play. I that think you're on Skylar anyways, so you don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, so I I have zero confidence in the, in the automatic drop-off that you have. Is this game a two-point favorite for the Jets? Yes. You can double-check if you want to scroll down to the bottom with the FanDuel lines I added. Well, I only it, has, it has to be. PFF is throwing me off because they have two-point favorite for the Dolphins. Maybe oh, there's yeah. a chance when Teddy Bridgewater was healthy that it was that way. That could be it. Because I don't uh, have the – You uh, have it in the bottom. We have these swapped. Dolphins are two-point favorites. Okay. I, I, I just mistyped it in there. That makes me no, feel that's, almost better. That changes everything about what I said. I'm not that's taking – perfect. I'm leaving this in there. You guys all at oh, home can yeah. realize I'm an idiot. No, no, no. It's fine. It's Jets fine. at plus 115. Give me that cash money. I'm just taking Miami money line because plus two isn't as value added. Look at you. Look at you starting to abandon ship on value. Welcome to the club. You won't be hey, betting just, KC just in money time. lines in a week. <laughs> Anyways, then I'm an idiot. I guess I'm taking the Jets money line instead of minus two. I'll take the added value, as David would say there. I just. This is a race to see who can complete the down roll, like the downward spiral first. Both of these teams were locks to make the playoffs three, four weeks ago, and both have raced to see who can get eliminated first. The Jets won that race, and it would be very fitting not only for them to eliminate themselves last week on one of their worst performances of the year, but to follow it up with a good one on the road at Hard Rock to eliminate the Dolphins and see Steven Ross completely suicide bomber the Miami Dolphins keep it in the AFC East though where the division champs the Buffalo Bills are seven point favorites totals 42 and a half this one's going to be a heavy game to watch I imagine it's going to be a very emotional game I'll it doesn't mean that much for the Bills where it does mean a lot for the Patriots from a football element that does add a, a level of intrigue a level of uncertainty but you can imagine it's going to be a very emotional game for both teams it's going to make it very hard to bet this one because we really have never seen anything like this and how a team's responded i i don't really have much on here to this i'll throw it to you guys the only thing i would say is that if the new england patriots win this game i believe they're in the Dolphins currently sit at eighth. They would need win and the Bills to beat the Patriots. So that paints the picture for you. But what do you guys have? Again, this is a very tricky game, all things considering. 
Buffalo seven point favorite and money line. I think they're going to come out firing. I like just absolutely obliterating New England. I just, for some reason, I think after all of that unknown, and now we, we've hit Thursday, we're getting a lot of positive news. I think they're going to come out motivated. I think we're on the same page here. Give me Buffalo minus seven. Give me their money line. I think David nailed it. Like they're going to, they're not only playing with a heavy heart, but they're playing with motivation. And, you know, I'm hoping that DeMar Hamlin's going to continue getting really, really, really uh, great news. And that's only going to hype up that locker room a little bit more. Right. I think it's a little bit too much to say that he's going to be like in the stands up in the suite for this game, but Buffalo Bill still shooting for that number one spot. That's my ludicrous reference that I was going to make. That's my second one. Ludicrous, the rapper, ludicrous, the word. I got them both in here today. Pat myself on the back. Bills minus seven. The Brownies finishing finishing their year at the first year stadium of Akersher where the Pittsburgh Steelers are two and a half point favorites. The pedophilia bowl, as, a, as I uh, like to put it. Do you know what that me word means? No, but I know what it looks like, <laughs> Wally. Uh, give me the Steelers minus two and a half. Give me their money line. I just took an all-time stray there. Not to mention, you also skipped my pick. So I agreed with everything they said. Buffalo minus seven. You, that Who on earth Sorry, is going to bet against Buffalo? No, I, I, I've got nothing else to add. You guys drilled it. Who on earth is going to bet against Buffalo this week? You got to ride with them. But, I, again, I took a major stray there. Uh, do not condone pedophilia out there. That want that on the record. Never said I did. This, this is not this, a pro-pedophilia podcast. I was going to say this. I was, Podcast disavows pedophilia. It's been disavowed. Yeah. Anti, Not connected. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, you cannot neglect the fact that again, do we know what pedophilia know. there's a disconnect on the word here? It's like yeah, I know what it means. I'm, I'm obviously me. <laughs> I'm obviously just kind of uh making a mountain out of a molehill here. <laughs> Sorry, he's an adult pedo- uh, pedophilia there. Well, David, do you want me? To, I'm gonna take I'm gonna give you my pick so you can finish up with your like Browns, whatever, four one one minute. The 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 Steelers minus two and a half in the money line. Tomlin having a shot to actually extend his non-losing season streak is unbelievable given how this season started. It was dead in the water even a month ago. It kind of makes you sick to your stomach. But to do it in the year that just so happens to be the 30th consecutive year that the Steelers have at least the same record as the Browns or better. I know everyone, all the Yinzers out there are smiling at this situation. Fuck you. That was the worst stat I've ever heard in my life. I could you have know lived it's the true, rest though. of my life without knowing that. I could have lived <laughs> the rest of my life without you saying that out loud. We've never and been alive for a season that the off. Steelers have fuck had off. a worse record than the Browns. Fuck off. <laughs> That's all I have to say to you is fuck off. Anyways. Cleveland plus two and a half and money line because I actually think they've been playing well, especially the defense is playing a lot better the last couple of weeks. I am still in awe because I'm not sure Steven knows what pedophilia is, but here we are. <laughs> He's up there. I can see him Googling on his phone right now. I've never, I've never seen it. Yeah. So let me read off the, the term. No, I've never seen anybody just so mad that I'm not getting the creepiest thing ever. Right. Obviously. I'm extending this a little bit. Exacerbation, second time that I've gotten to use that. Not masturbation, which is why these two got in trouble in the first place. But yeah, you know, I'm 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 being a little bit ridiculous here. 
I understand, oh what, it, I understand what it looks like. All right. Don't be mad because you uh, you guys look like the most like least molestable kids I've ever seen in my life. That's so uh, not the true. Baltimore... I was such a cute kid. And David still hasn't given his pick, damn it. I did give my pick. Oh. Yeah. You want a half in money? Oh, all right. Sorry. We're all falling apart here. The Baltimore Ravens are are at the Bengals, where Cincinnati's a seven-point oh. favorite. Total set at 40 and a half. Uh, I apologize in advance for Wally because we just gave him a whole lot more editing than we needed to. Give me Cincinnati minus seven. Uh, they're going to blow the doors off this. I don't even know if Lamar is playing. I don't really care if Lamar is not playing or not. It's going to be great to watch Baltimore spiral down while they lose Lamar here in the offseason. Give me the Bengals minus six and a half, seven. I love that. I love that so much. Because give me the Bengals as seven-point favorites and give me the money line because Lamar Jackson's I with you. I'm pretty sure he's not playing. And that means that the Ravens stand no chance. I love so much that you've brought up the offseason because I can't wait to talk about how Lamar Jackson is either going to get overpaid and fuck over the Ravens or leave and fuck over the Ravens. And it makes me so happy inside. Yeah, there's already people out there I think it might have been Mike Florio on Sunday Night Football talking about how the Lamar Jackson Ravens versus the Tyler Huntley, Trace McSorley, whoever else is there, Ravens, and they're hyper-focused on they were 8-3. and three. Lamar got hurt last year. They missed the playoffs. They were 8-4 and four this year, I think, when he got hurt. And there's a chance that they're in automatically, but they're going to get bounced in the first round because of him. Feels like he might have even quit on the team. It's a disaster. No way to cut it. The only thing that concerns me with this game is that what if the Bengals are solidified the AFC North with whatever decided uh, the NFL what they do? Would the Bengals consider not playing people like Joe Burrow? That would be the only concern because then, I mean, you're concerned about the playoffs too. You'd have two straight weeks off. I, I don't think it would happen, but on the off chance it would. I'm actually worried, and I'm going to pull out of my minus seven, but I am going to take the Bengals' money line. I do think they get it done. I think that the Ravens are looking for every excuse they can to quit right now. The Giants are going to Philadelphia. Eagles are 14-point favorites. Total is set at 42-and-a-half. And the Eagles can get the one seed, but it's not going to be easy. Brian Dayball says he's going to be playing his starters. Whether I believe that or not, I don't know. But there's a lot of just nerves, I feel like, building up in Philadelphia. It's a city that kind of puts curses on their team with how hardcore the fan base is, how demanding they are. Because of that, I think the Giants keep it close. They fall short. The Eagles get the one seed. But I have Giants plus 14. I'll take the Eagles' money line. and Give me the under 42 and a half, too. Like, oh, no, check that. Give me the Giants plus 14. I think we were kind of talking about it here a little bit in our group message where I was like, low-key, should we be kind of worried about what this Eagles offense and everything's going to look like with Jalen Hurts only playing one game over the last month? So this game is really going to indicate that. I think New York's going to be riding a little bit of a high, making the playoffs for the first time. And it feels like 30 years, even though they won, they won the Super Bowl, what, about 15 years ago, 13 years ago, something like that, not even, 11 so give me the Giants plus 14. I think that they can end the – I don't think they'll win, but I think they'll cover, keep it competitive, give them some high spirits going into the uber-competitive playoffs here and potentially a 
what, a playoff game against Tom Brady, I want to say, down in Tampa. I guess we'll see how it pans out here after this week. I'm with you. New York Giants plus 14, Philly money line. I This is, a, I think, the strongest rivalry in that division, I think, just based on maybe the last 10 years, maybe not going way back, but feels like based on the last 10 years, this these games are always kind of closer than they should be, depending on who's better and who's not. But I don't think Philly can beat the Giants by 14 or more. I, I think it's going to be closer than that. Even if it's 10 points, I still think it's going to be closer than that. Baker Mayfield, Geno Smith, the quarterback matchup the NFC world is watching on Sunday. And how awesome is that? Geno is a six-point favorite hosting the Baker Mayfield-led Rams, total 41 and a half. I don't even know what to do, guys. It's like picking between my favorite kids. But I will pick, and I'm going to pick both of them because the Rams are going to cover. The Seahawks are going to win. And I'm going to get to come in and feel really good about myself for once. On one thing, for one final thing in football, I will feel good. Give me the Seahawks having life, rooting for the Detroit Lions on Sunday night. We'll talk about who we want to win that game, Stephen. But what do you guys have? Oh, brother. It's as I watch Steven type in Seattle minus six on the rundown, I'm realizing that Wally and I have bet the same way in like a majority of these games, which means that as done great as, this year, David, this is good as news. fans of the podcast. You can guarantee going the opposite direction is a smart move. But I, Wally, I'm sticking exactly exact same bet as you. Rams keep it within six. Seattle wins the game. I'm I'm coming over the depression of realizing I'm going to lose every bet I say in this on this podcast this week. Give me Seattle minus six, baby. I love being the outlier, the black sheep of the podcast, and that's I I love I love being that guy. I'm here to stir the pot up and also take a little bit of a pinky dip, make sure like it's cookie dough, maybe brownie batter. I don't know. Seahawks minus six. Gino to cap off this year, and ultimately, depending on what the Sunday night game, like Wally was saying, let's go Caps. Uh, sorry, sports gambling in a nutshell. Um, just like Wally was saying here, they can this can set up Seattle to make a playoff appearance depending on what the result is here on Sunday. But what a great way to cap it. I hope that Seattle wins and they have that little sliver of hope for like five hours that they're going to be in the playoffs up until the game time. But go Hawks, baby, as Russell Wilson used to say. But now he has a really other stupid saying. Which, side note, and we'll get to here. Oh, no, we missed it. Russell Wilson finally has more touchdowns than he has bathrooms in his house. Good for that guy. It only took you the whole fucking season to do it. Um, Dallas, I know they need to get Sierra needs to grab a couple more. Dallas minus seven, traveling to Washington and FedEx Field. Total set up forty and a half here. Fuck it, Washington plus seven and a half. Give me Sam Howell. Feed it to me through my veins. Is he starting? Does Ron Ron Rivera actually know that, that he's playing a game this week? Well, I mean, I don't know if he knows if it's a relevant game. But I know he knows he's playing one. Does he know who his quarterback is definitively? Is Is it Sam Howell? So it's going to be Sam Howell because Taylor Heineke, he was slated to get the start, ended up – what I've been seeing is he went to the coaches and said, hey, Sam Howell should get the start. That's real? How did I miss that? I don't know. Good guy Taylor, baby. Yeah. How could you not want that guy on your team? Is that real, though? Was that real? clearly not a fucking cutthroat winner. Holy shit. (laughs) So we have different takes on this. David doesn't like it. 
I just am like, hey, you know what? Good guy. Why do Taylor. I want a quarterback who's not a competitor on the roster? Like, I if you're a fuck, because you're battling for the third spot in the division. He already has. He doesn't unless you're a third stringer like fucking Brady Quinn, who's he just there to pump up your Jordan's quarterback. Already. He doesn't I, want to get a second. They're, they're not going to get Carson. They, they oh, have he's Alex Moran. Relationship. Alex Moran. That's what I've discovered. He has no desire. And to what's wrong with that? Nothing. If you want a quarterback who's lazy and doesn't want to win, who just wants to fucking party, make money. And, he's already, you know. I told you, he's got Dallas Cowboy Jordans already. He doesn't want to wear them anymore. He doesn't want to have to get more. I get it. Good for him. All right, Sorry, whatever. Man. Dallas Moneyline, Washington plus seven and a half. I'm so upset that I just heard that a quarterback said, you know what? No, I don't want to play. Give that guy a start. I, that's can't, he saw Micah Parsons on the other side. For that shit. I could be the worst quarterback in camp. I'd still want to start over the next guy. I too competitive for that. Well, if you're the worst quarterback in camp, the only way that you're going to play is the quarter, the three quarterbacks above you go down, and the one above you actually says, "You know what? Give that David Clayman guy a try. <laughs> I like him. Yeah, he doesn't sound like a bad guy now, does he, David? No, he just sounds like a guy I don't want on a roster. <laughs> sounds like a guy I want to fucking do beer bongs with and just fucking rip cigs. Actually, no. Check that. I think he likes uh, he likes the Zen. I rip a Zen with him. <laughs> well, let's move on to the final game of the week, and one that is going to have a lot of significance, one way or another. This game matters because of what the Seattle Seahawks do too. If the Seahawks beat the Baker Mayfield led Rams, then the Green Bay Packers have the inside track. When they're in against a a Detroit team that doesn't care, whereas if Seattle loses to the Baker Mayfield-led Rams team, this is a true win-and-in game, a game that everybody is kind of rooting for and makes me really want the Rams to win during the day so that the, I just don't want the Lions to come out and just roll over and die, you know? And Dan Campbell, I don't think he'll let that happen, but – they are four and a half point road dogs. Total is 49 and a half. David, let's go to you first so that Steven, you can end it with your little rant. I'm going Packers minus four and a half in money line. What are you doing, David? Detroit plus four and a half in money line. This is Detroit's a collide. Detroit is going to win and they're going to go nine and eight. And the train, we're going to hit 200 miles an hour going into the offseason, and we're only going to keep gaining momentum. Steven? David, I thought, we, I, thought, I thought we'd been having a good kind of energy with each other, but I don't know what, what this has been over the last month of you and, and my Green Bay Packers. I feel like I'm Skip Bayless here. This has um, nothing you, to do with the Packers and everything to do with the Lions. <laughs> Okay, I thought you were gonna say it has everything to do with me. I was like, I can accept that, but I can also accept <laughs> I can also accept the Lions as being yeah. But if Seattle wins, it doesn't matter. But it's already been and talking with my boys Brock and and Butson. It's just you know they it's just like uh, 2018 Jim Caldwell, uh, 2017, 2016, something like that. When the, similar thing, last game of the season, flexed on Friday or a Sunday night for the division in Lambeau, yada, yada. How, how could you bet against Green Bay in that scenario? It's in Lambeau. You have Aaron Rodgers, the 
quarterback that's just been dominating not only in this division, but you solely Detroit in a place that you've won once since I've been born, even two years before that. I mean, it's just kind of hard to bet against that. Give me Green Bay minus four and a half. Give me their money line. Dan Campbell's already come out and said, I know our our fate's in our hands if Seattle loses, but it's either we're going to go out there and win and go to the playoffs or we're playing spoiler. Regardless, we're, we're going to be playing balls to the walls, essentially, is what I'm getting from him. And I expect nothing less than, from the Lions. Have you guys watched How I Met Your Mother? Uh, no, I like good shows. Shocking. How I Met Your Mother is fantastic. Anyways. I, yes. It was great until the last episode, and it ruined like a lot two, for me. First, like, two, two, three seasons were fucking gas. And then, like, every other great – like, every other good show. It, I mean, it definitely trailed off then. I'll give you that. The last season I, – I could go the full last season. Really did a lot of damage, let alone the last episode. But if you remove the final season of that show, I think it's a very, very, very good show. But anyways, we're getting sidetracked. Star-studded. It is absolutely. Uh, I brought that up for a reason. Now I'm getting sidetracked. The last game, what was our last game? Oh, the Packers. No, David, the Neil Packer Harris, the Blitz. There is a guy in the show, How I Met Your Mother, nicknamed the Blitz, who basically, when he is in a group setting, when he leaves the room, that event of the night happens. Like, you know how it's the night that your buddy threw up in the bathroom or the night that you won a $1,000 on lottery, something like that. That is basically what I have been this year for the Packers betting. Where wherever I bet, the wrong thing happened until about a month ago, and I completely swore him off and started basically betting with Steven and just whatever he's riding with. And David kind of became the blitz of the Green Bay Packers. You have not won, I feel like, a, a Packer game the way I did for like two months for the last month. And because of that, you have a real weird situation, Stephen, where you have two magnets for bad luck this year. Chronic losers is what you're going for. <laughs> and do you feel good that David is asking, basically, the Packers to win this game by betting on the Lions, or do you feel bad because me being on board means that this train's gonna get derailed pretty quick? How do you feel? Great, I like to. I mean, you know, I guess you know, I never really, that was convincing. I, great, just great. Uh, there's nothing I really, I don't really feel that confident in this game, and it's just I don't think I've to fade you guys. It, it's working, right? We've seen it, and we've had a large sample size of it working. Uh, so I, that gives me a little bit of confidence, but I don't think I've ever been least excited for a division or a playoff playing for a playoff spot in week 18. Like I wrote them off. I wasn't about it. And now I'm like, fuck, now I got to get charismatic and yell at the top of my lungs here every Sunday. Cause now every play matters. And it's been like that since they beat, um, since they've been on this little mini win streak here. So you know what? I'm ready. Fuck it. Let's get. Let's just get Green Bay in the playoffs where they deserve. Because you know what? When Aaron Rodgers is in the playoffs, the NFL is going to make a lot of money. That's good for football when you have the four-time MVP playing. Just like it's good for football that Tom Brady had to fucking squeeze his way in there somehow with an eight and eight, nine and eight, maybe an eight and nine team. It's how the NFL does it because it's rigged and it's going to work. And of course, Green Bay is going to win. Hey, go pack, go.
With that, let's get off to our last segment, the last prop lock and drop it of the regular season. Those prop bets are even going to be hotter when we get to the playoffs this year. Wally, eh, you're muted. David, you're not muted. I'll toss it to you. What is your prop lock and drop it for week 18? Uh, the addiction continues, which means that we're doing multi-prop parlays. And I actually did those free. What do those free bets do to you, dude? This is like the this is when your friend is coming over. Like, you got a bump? You got just got a bump, man? Well, dude, what the fuck? This is is real. This is a real budding addiction. The whole night. (laughs) This is a real budding addiction, but I feel like this is a good one. All right, so Mahomes over two and a half passing touchdowns, plus Derrick Henry over ninety-one and a half yards, plus Najee Harris anytime touchdown score, plus Browns first to score. So last time I looked, when I locked that th- locked that in, that was like plus seven forty seven or something like that. I don't like it. Yeah, none of the, Derrick Henry is the only real 50-50 for me in there, and I I don't know, just feels right. It feels right. It feels like a value play for five dollars. What makes you so six. confident in the Brown scoring first? Just curious. Because they've scored first in like, I don't know. 10 games or something like that. I, looked I, I saw up that that stat, that stat and, where you scored. If you scored on the first drive, you basically guaranteed yourself to lose. That was the only thing I saw. remember seeing. Well, I all I remember seeing when I looked at this stat is Brown's first to score has happened in like 10 games this season. Or maybe it's like eight games. I don't remember, but it's enough to make me think, okay, well, if we win the toss, you know, let's see it happen. I like that. Sorry to cut you off. Please continue. No, you're fine. Uh, Locke is Cincinnati 6 Six and a half point favorite on Baltimore. And my drop is literally 80% of the games this week because I hate them all. I completely get that. And people at home should definitely bet with caution this week because there's a lot of these games we don't even know the starting like 53 at this point. So keep that in mind. My this, is, this is a great week to get real ballsy, even though I'm just poking fun at David. If you have some free bets, Throw them on these money lines of just random teams. If you have like those anywhere from like a four to seven, seven and a half range, just throw the money line on it. Why not? They're free bets. You're not going to lose anything um, except maybe confidence. I don't know, but why not? We've seen it. We've seen it happen throughout the whole duration of the year. The underdogs hitting this year, not only straight up, but just against the spread. But look at that straight up. It's still a positive number that you're going to be walking away from. I mean, just think about the Colts and the Chiefs week three or four. Hungry dogs run faster. Something to consider. I don't know. I can't run and I'm always hungry, so. That's true. But we're not dogs, technically. But that's fine. The got the dog in me, though. Got that dog in him. Micah Parsons and Chase Young also have that dog in them. And I am parlaying them both to get a sack. My lock is also the Bengals minus six and a half or seven, whatever it is now. The Bengals are going to win. The Ravens are quitting. I think it's done. The drop, I'm kind of with you, David. There's a lot of games I'd stay away from, but the one particularly is Detroit and Green Bay for the simple reason is we don't know what the Lions are playing for yet. If you are playing to make the playoffs, you're going to have a different reaction if you're playing for spoiler, regardless of what Dan Campbell says. So I'm steering clear of that and wishing you luck on that game, Steven. So my prop for the week is whoever the running back uh, who's going up against Indy or check that any, the running back going up against Houston for any time touchdown score. It has been money. Uh, one of the prop bets that I hit two of the prop bets that I hit was the over for Travis Etienne at 71 and a half. And then anytime touchdown score 
Dude ripped off a 62-yard touchdown in like the first quarter. So that was easy money. Uh, my lock is Green Bay. Sunday night, Lambo, Frozen Tundra, Aaron Rodgers, two go to the playoffs. How are you going to bet against them? My drop is San Fran minus 14 versus uh, Arizona. Don't know why I put the Rams on here, but is it the Rams? I don't know. I'm, I'm at my wits end here. I'm at my wits end as well. We're all gassed right now, as you can tell. <laughs> and it's fun, like we haven't done two, you know, two episodes a week for, uh, you know, for four months or anything and just had two weeks off. That first day back after a long vacation is always the hardest, boys. It's like the first day of two days right now. We're just, we're just breathing a little heavy. We'll be all right. With that, that's going to bring us to an end of another episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Loss of Down, Twitter, down underscore loss. Shout out to our sponsors, tabbies.com, as well as abbyturnerphoto.com. Boys, do we have any parting words or any hindsight 2020 bets that you want to that you want to throw in here, David? Nada. Just continued thoughts and, and prayers going out to DeMar. We obviously love him like the whole football family does. So thinking about him and his family right now. Absolutely. Wally couldn't have done any, any better until the playoffs. playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? How could you, as a football fan, I've never met a person, I, I can tell their allegiance to football. If you say playoffs and you kind of sit there and wait and they're just like, oh yeah, playoffs. And you're like, mm, there's a few of those phrases. Here. It's the same with the Dennis Green. They are who they thought they were. And we let can't them wait. The Bart they Scott wait. can't wait. I yeah, still I use that till this day. Really I remember watching that too. live and saying, holy shit. Uh, I don't know what a gif or a jif or a mem is, but that's going to be one of those one day. And then they lost by like 30 the next week to whoever it was. New England? No, I think they beat New England. And then they, they went to, I think, Indianapolis maybe. Oh, nine. Yep. We're just going to run with it. The John Madden school of records is you just say a fact and hope nobody Googles it. So, yeah, they beat, they actually went to Indianapolis and lost the next game by 30. 100%. You want to win this game, you just typically have to score more points than your opponent. Boom, boom, boom. That's more perfect. Yeah, no, no, we lost it. <laughs> <laughs>